Uh, let's open in prayer quick, okay? Heavenly Father, Lord, we just uh, praise you so much for today. Lord, I pray that uh, you would just guide our discussion this morning. I pray that uh, you would use uh, me to relate some uh, biblical truths maybe that we hadn't thought about before. And Lord, I just pray that uh, in spite of uh, uh, my failings, you would still uh, allow your word to come through uh, loud and clear to those that are here. Uh, we just pray you bless this time in your holy name. Amen. All right. So one thing, I don't know how much you guys have done with PowerPoint. I'm a good corporate guy, so immediately that thought occurred to me. Um, but uh, if you ever notice me reading the slides, that's what you do when you kind of don't really know what to say. So if you see me doing that a lot, didn't prepare enough. So, all right. So how many of us know who Audie Murphy was? A few hands here or there, right? I know he's an actor. I think he actually was in... World War One, and he won the Medal of Honor, right? And and this, yeah. So good thing Roy was here. I didn't read the whole Wikipedia. I just read the first little bit. Um, so he he's attributed with the quote "Lead from the front," right? So I have a little bit of an object lesson here for us. And uh, yes, I did draw that. So um, so this is easy, right, John? Tell us what this is. You're giving me too much credit for, for biblical references. So you'll notice uh, right there, that's, that's our outbuilding. Most of you guys have been out to our house probably, and that's our outbuilding. And we have ducks, right? And so every morning, they're my wife's ducks, and I love them. <laughs> uh, but every morning, they, 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 go in, they go in a cage at night because we have raccoons at our house, and they don't get along well with ducks. So every morning, you have to go and get them out of the cage in the shop, and then we take them over to their little pen here, which that's, I'll admit, that's not a very good drawing, but that's the door to the pen. And, and I used to try to open it up and then just, okay, let's go. They don't follow very well. And so the, the dark line are the ducks. The red line is me behind the ducks. And you kind of you try to drive them, right? And so I, I mention this only because, you know, when we think about leadership, it maybe doesn't always look the same. Okay, it's maybe not somebody out in front, it's maybe somebody mentioning that word behind you or, or helping to, to do that. And so my ducks can hopefully testify to, to that truth. All right, so leadership, my point is, means different things to different people in di different situations. Okay, and hopefully we'll, we'll touch on that today. Okay? So, this actually has nothing to do with the last slide, which is a weird coincidence. But, uh, whoops, I lost something, so bear with me. Um, so, to that point, I did a search on leadership in Google, right? That picture came up. I'm just, I don't know why, but it did. And so leadership means different things to different people. Uh, it's important, though, that we make sure that our definition of leadership jives with what the Bible says about it. Okay, and so hopefully we'll touch on that today just a little bit. Okay, um, it's important, but we also need to consider where are we being led to, and so that's hopefully something that we'll touch on a little bit today as well. Okay, I got to remember to turn my page at the same rate that I turn those. All right, all right. So uh, again, just like Mark did a nice job of of reiterating last night, a lot of these concepts are from Mark Beaver in the book that we're studying, and so. 
I might, it might sound like I'm saying I think, he thinks, okay? So just keep that in mind, all right? Um, I'll take applause, but it wasn't my idea, so, okay? So he defines it in five different ways, okay? A congregational context, biblical qualifications of leadership, its charismatic nature, Christ-likeness, and finally, its relationship to God's nature and his character. Okay? So. Somebody do me a favor. Tell me what I'm, what I'm getting at here with the picture. Yeah, so, so being a part of the congregation doesn't mean you get to roll in with the lazy, bar, lazy boy. I think part of what Deaver's point is is that it takes work from everybody, whether you're a leader or a, a lead. Okay, so um, first example, and I'm not as, I should have put this in a slide, but I'm going to read from Matthew uh, chapter 18. A good presenter would have this queued up, so you got me, unfortunately, today. Um, Matthew 18, 15 to 17. Okay, and this is a very familiar passage, right? If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his, his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. But if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you, that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to the church, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Okay? Um, and this is an example uh, that, that Deaver brings up, I think mainly because the fact that the decision on what to do in the case of church discipline isn't, okay, Adam, what are we going to do? Clark, what do you want to do? Dennis, come on. It's left to the church. Okay? It's brought before the church, and the church has the authority to make the decision as far as what's going to happen in that specific instance. Okay? And so um, it's congregational in that that the church is really the leader of that process, not necessarily the, the leaders, okay? Um, so I have down there interpretation. How can we take some of this from the elders? Okay, so um, hopefully not a ton of times, but I think most of us have probably maybe been a part of something like this where we had to go to somebody or some, something had to be brought before somebody, right? In most cases, my guess is, that, that maybe, maybe you kind of go to that person and talk to them and it doesn't really go, go that well, and so we gotta, we got to go to the next step, right? Who's that call, that first call usually to when you have to go with one or two other people? It's usually, Adam, we got a situation. Dennis, we got to go figure this out. As, as a church body, we, we can lead that. It doesn't have to, it can be. But it doesn't have to be Adam. It doesn't have to be Dennis. It doesn't have to be Clark. It could be, you know, John, hey, you know, this, this kind of came up. Will you come with me and let's talk about it? Okay, because we can take that off their plate. Now, I think you probably want to keep them in the loop, right? Because it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a church situation. But that's one way we can take some of that leadership on. Okay? Sound doctrine. Okay, now I have a couple biblical references here. In the interest of time, I'm not going to read every single one of them, but jot them down. And, and, you know, keep me honest. But it's also the church's representation, or stop, back up. It's also the church's responsibility to make sure that the doctrine that's up there is sound. Okay? And so if, if you hear something, it's like, mm, I don't know about that. 
It's your job to, you know, starting after this talk, raise your hand. Stand up, say, you know what, I don't know about that. Okay? And so that, that's part of the responsibility of the body. Okay? Um, the last one I, I just classify as active participants. And I, this, now I, will, I will take credit for this. Demotocracy. That's my word. I made that up. But, but uh, Deaver talked about how the church leadership, it's really, it's kind of a democracy, sort of. It's more of an arist aristocracy. I don't think I said that. Aristocracy, yeah. Thank you to my wife. She's a lot smarter than I am. Um, so, so votes definitely occur. You see every year, you know, we vote on the budget. We do some of that kind of stuff. But really, a lot of the trust is put in the leaders that have been identified in the church. They do a lot of the day-to-day. -day. They take care of the, you know, hey, what are we going to study next quarter, that kind of stuff. And so um, there's a call for trust to be put in those leaders, okay? When they're elected, when they're set apart based on biblical qualifications, there is trust put in them. Yes, it's your job to be here. It's your job to, uh, you know, when a vote comes up, you know, pray about it, think about it, cast your vote. But really, a lot of the day-to-day -day falls to them. Okay? Um, now, I, one thing that was kind of interesting to me, um, Deaver talks about the challenge in, the, in, the, in the, the first church of having apostles there. What, what challenge could, could come from that? I'll wait you out. It's a good time for a drink. Roy? Too many leadership voices? So, so what Deaver said, and I thought this was interesting, you know, think about, so, so we're sitting here in church, you know, and, and Peter stands up and says, well, I think we ought to have decaf coffee instead of caffeinated. It, when you have the apostles there who have, who have sat and taught under, un, or been taught by Jesus, in the early church, there was a danger of putting them up on too high of a pedestal. Now, I think Deaver made the point that they did a nice job of giving decisions back to the congregation. I think there's a few script, scripture references there where they did that. Um, but then he goes on to say, you know, does that mean in our church, you know, for our example, Adam and Clark and Dennis, should we, should we you know, build a pedestal to them? And Deaver says, you know, of course not. But, but there is a respect due that these people are taking these jobs on. They're, um, they're following the word and trying their, their best to lead us biblically. And so we should have respect for them. But you know, one of the challenges he just mentioned, which I thought was interesting in that early church, you know, it'd be real easy to, to make, make them God and, and not, you know, obviously the, the, the true God. So I thought that was interesting. Maybe you, maybe you do, maybe you don't. But, um, all right, so lastly, and I mentioned this already, we, we should obey and submit to our leaders, and, and their work should be a joy. And so... Now, I'm going to advance here, and you're going to see the first error that I know of in my slide deck. Because I say here, rhetorical question. It's not really rhetorical. We can talk about it. We can actually say, say answers to this if we want. But as you think about it, how much joy as a congregation do we give our leaders? Do, do they feel like, wow, I really feel like in my calling this is a breath of fresh air?
probably a little bit of a little bit of everything up there sometimes would be my guess, right? But um, I think that's one thing as we think about the congregational examples that we're given. Anything we can do to to make their lives easier and to take things off their plate probably will help, right? All right. So in 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 the 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 text. Uh, the terms elder and overseer are used interchangeably. Um, I found that Deaver used elder a lot more. I'm going to use elder just because I kind of like it better. Overseer seems like a hard word to say. Um, but that doesn't mean it's right or wrong. Obviously, it's in the text, so it's, it's an acceptable word. But, you know, we use elder. I'm going to use elder here. Um, so Deaver advocates for a plurality of, of elders. It shouldn't be just one person calling the shots, right? Um, there's several examples of it in, in the text. Um, you can see those there. Uh, jot them down again if you want to check me. Um, also, if this is turning out to be one of the best talks you've ever heard, I can forward you this file as well. But I will not give you the copy that has my writing on it. Okay? You couldn't read it, but I don't want, I don't want uh, proof. So, um, all the decisions in the church should not be just left to Adam. Okay? Not that we don't have faith in what he's doing. But uh, it's just it's too much of a cross to bear for that one person. Okay, and that's, that's the role that the elders play, is that they work together to really discern what God's will is in each situation and for the church in general. Okay? Now, um, so the role of the elder and the deacon um, are differentiated by, by Deaver. Um, you know, the best example of, of the, the office of the deacon is in Acts 6. Um, again, I'm not going to go through and read that. I, I'll be honest with you, I was nervous that this was going to take like five seconds. I'd be like, okay, thanks, and sit down. I think it's going to be better than that, but I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, have Adam be like, you know, church starts at 10.15, so I'm not going to read all of them, but uh, uh, jot it down. But really what Deaver says is the difference between a deacon and an elder is the deacons are more kind of the, the practical piece of the church, you know, caring for others, maintenance of the, the facilities, for example, Whereas an elder is more of a, what's the spiritual direction in the church? You know, what do we see as, as you know, maybe what the body needs to learn? What are we going to be studying coming up? And so it's, it's, it's a little different, the roles there, okay? Um, so qualifications for both these roles should be based on biblical and not secular characteristics. So here's a question. Has anyone ever seen that go wrong? Where, where... You know, someone maybe gets picked for a role because they're really good at speaking or they're really good at, at whatever, and they maybe get put in that role, and then it, it turns out they, it just didn't, it just wasn't their fit. Has anybody ever seen that? And, you know, if you want to shout out, you can. If, if not, you know, just think about it. I think most of us probably have, though, where that's happened, right? Um, unfortunately, a lot of damage can be done when that happens. Um, but, but that's why... I think the Lord gave us such good examples in the text of what those characteristics should be. So, um, just a second, we'll get to that. So, um, also in the text, it, it talks about the fact that pastors are really more sent, whereas elders are kind of from within the body. And so in the early church, um, you know, like Paul and, and, and some of those, they would kind of go around and they would speak and they would travel. 
and the elders would be raised up from within those local bodies, you know, whether in you know, Philippi or Ephesus or wherever, the elders were, were kind of more local, right? So, um, so in order to really, I think, mirror that, Adam will be leaving immediately after the service today. And uh, Oak Grove, Lone Jack, you know, something like that. So um, the next slide is going to get more in-depth on what these qualifications are. And so again, you know, these are really laid out in Titus 1, 5 through 9, and 1 Timothy 3, 1 through 7. But, but I, obviously I'm paraphrasing here, but you know, as you look at those qualifications, these, these are things that we should see in the lives of those that are considered for deacon or elder positions. Okay? And that's why it's so important that it's, it's something that's seen over time. You know, typically you wouldn't see somebody walk in this week and, uh, Chase, I just met you, no offense. We're not going to make you an elder today because we want to know you. We want to get to know you. We want to see, hey, is this your gifting? You know, and are these, are, are these the qualifications that we see? And so usually it's, it's somebody that's been there for a while. They're not a brand new Christian. We want to we want to see um, if this is what their character is. Okay? Um, is there anything missing from this list that you think, as you remember studying this passage, or if you've studied it recently, that I missed? Roy? That's, I think, one of the challenges is that there's not a, there's not a, I mean, we, we have examples from the Word, obviously, but there's not, a, there's not a manual, right? There's not, I can't turn to page six and say, oh, here's who it is. And so, it's some, so it takes some study, takes some interpretation, and takes prayer, right? Thanks for saying that. Um, yeah, but, but not something that should be taken lightly, right? If somebody, if somebody, uh, if somebody comes in the church and they're kind of pushing and, and, and really wanting leadership, that maybe should make us think, hmm, maybe, <laughs> maybe we should pump the brakes on that one. Okay? Um, any other thoughts on that? I'm not trying to gloss over anything, and so if anybody else had something to add, I'd love to hear it. This is something that Deaver uh, spent quite a lot of time on, was, was manage his own household well. Um, you know, if someone's having a real hard time, you know, managing their household, you know, kids are in rebellion or whatever, and then that maybe means they, they, they shouldn't take on leadership because it's a big commitment, right? It's a big time commitment. Maybe, maybe that time is better spent, you know, with, with their folks or family at home. So. All right. So, Deaver talked, I'd say about a half a page worth, on the fact that elders should be men. Um, and again, the scripture references are, are listed there. Um, both men and women are definitely made in the, in the image of God. And you see you know, some of those examples, Miriam saying, Exodus 15, Hannah prayed, Mary glorified the Lord, Deborah was raised up as a judge in the Old Testament, um, Anna and Elizabeth both prophesied publicly. Uh, so, Deaver never really says this specifically, but um, as I thought about this, the way I view that is, I think God has definitely given women gifts in the air, in all areas, right? In all the spiritual gifts. And leadership is definitely one of them. And in many ways, my wife is a much better leader than I am. 
Um, she's, she's more natural at it. She's, she's gifted in that way. But I think, I think the point here is that that doesn't mean that that should be taken away from men. That, that's the role that the Lord has given us, is that men should be able to step up and lead, both in their homes and in the church. And so that's why I think it's an important distinction, is that, um, and I think Deaver would agree that that's a role that the Lord has given to us, and we need to stand up and take it. And so um, I think that's where he was going, and that's what I think, uh, that's where I landed on it too. So any thoughts on that? Any, any other uh, discussion? You know, one thing that Deaver talked a lot about is egalitarianism, and I'm not going to lie, I had to look it up. So um, that, that's, really a, a, that's really pervasive. I think in our, our culture right now is that you know every, we can't we can't say one one group has a different job than another. Everybody's the same. Everybody can do the same thing. And and really, um, similar to what I said a minute ago, is it's it's not that it's not that women can't lead or that they shouldn't in some instances. But that's really a, a role that um, the Lord has given to men, and we need to step up and 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 do that role as God has commanded. Okay, and so. Um, might make for some good discussions with people that you know, because that's definitely not the way the culture's going. So, all right. So the next uh, bucket he had was it, the charismatic nature of uh, leadership, and and I think I think Deaver knew that I'd be doing this chapter because he actually defines it <laughs> in in his books. So I didn't have to look it up. Uh, but a charisma is a, is a gift of God's grace, okay? And some of the examples he gave were, you know, our salvation, our eternal life, righteousness. Those are, those are charismatic gifts. They're, they're gifts of the Spirit, right? And so um, I'm going to read a quote here. It's up there, but we have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern dig- diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. That's Romans 12, 6 to 8. Um, and so leadership, it's, it's one of the spiritual gifts. It's one of the things. It, it takes a special, a special way to do it, to be able to you know, stick to what the biblical guidance is, but, but be able to, to get people moving in the right direction. It's a gift. It's not something everybody can do. Uh, my son Caleb is a wonderful engineer. I don't think he'd be a good manager because he, he just says, do it. That's why. And that, that doesn't win hearts and minds, right? And so it's a gift. It's something you have to be um, able to do, and it's something that God gifts certain people with, okay? All of these gifts are for the benefit of others, okay? And, and I'm going to be honest with you. There was a lot that Deaver talked about um, in, in 1 Corinthians 14. And, and Paul goes on a lot to talk about, you know, you, you should, you should want to prophesy or prophesy instead of speaking in tongues. Because he said speaking in tongues can be self-edifying, whereas prophesying and a lot of the other gifts are more, you know, for the building up of the church and for, for others. Okay, and um, what I didn't really know is, so is he saying that Speaking in tongues is wrong. I don't think he's saying that, but I think he's saying that, you know, that's something we shouldn't necessarily aspire toward. We should be praying for, you know, Lord, give me the gift of these other things because they, 
um, they build into the church more. Okay? Does that make sense? I'll be honest with you. I read that like three or four times. I'm like, hmm. Um, But it makes sense to me, I think, overall, conceptually. All right. Okay, so this is another screw-up. It's not a rhetorical question. We can talk about it if we want to. Um, so, it's, it's one of the spiritual gifts, but there's, there's only few. There's few leaders, right? So does that mean that it's a gift that's not often exercised? Or that it's, it's only given to a small number? What are your thoughts on that? I've given you some sample answers already, but you can put something else in if you want to. What are your thoughts? Is that something that's that's really only given out to a few, or is it something that's not really, that, that lever isn't pulled very often? Deaver talks about that a little bit, and we'll touch on that, but uh, um, that's a good question, I think, in that is, is an elder's role to do it, or is an elder's role to raise people up and, and, and help them to be able to do it? I see my wife nodding, so I think. I think maybe we hit on something there. (laughs) Kind of a circle, right? Always gives us something to do, right? Yeah, Paul. So, yeah, aspirationally, we all should get there, right? Yeah, and so through uh, the process of sanctification, you know, if we're here long enough, we can all do it, right? Okay. No, that's that's interesting. Thank you for saying that. Always looking to become that emeritus, where we can the next generation can be raised up, and then and then. You know, those that maybe did it before are there for, you know, support and consultation. Roy? It seems like we are the victims of the age of the church. Mm-hmm. Some of the typical issues that for all of us to be shepherding. Yeah, don't, don't wait until, until you're tapped on the shoulder. And, and I think, you know, what you're saying is th- these should be things you're doing all the time anyway, and then, and then that, that would be an indicator to the rest of us that, hey, this person's maybe ready to take on that spot in the church. So, oh, that's very good. Thank you all for saying that stuff. I, uh, I'm going to sit down. John, Roy, you guys? No? Okay. All right. Okay, so notice. This might have been a screenshot that had the pointer in it still. So, um, so I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. This is Deaver's tool to explain. He, he spends a little bit of time explaining what the pictures mean. I'm not going to because they didn't, they didn't do much for me. But uh, <laughs> we, we will talk about, about his, his boss mnemonic device. Okay, You'll see... Um, You'll see the definitions over here on the, the right. But let me read a, a quote from Deaver's book. While these aspects of leadership may apply in many walks of life, I discuss them in the context of being a Christian, 
and exercising leadership in the, the congregational context. So this is a, a method he uses to actually talk about the, his interpretation of the role of the elder in the body. Okay? So. All right. So um, in each of the paragraphs here, I just took some of the concepts that he used on each of these labels. Okay? And so um, some, somebody's got to be the boss. Somebody's got to make decisions. Right, and that, that's, that's one of the mantles that falls to an elder, okay? Um, and, and, you know, obviously there's, there's some references there. Um, Christ instructed us to go out and, and instruct others, and so that's part of the, the basis. Um, so this, this, is, this is one of the really hard parts of being an elder is that somebody's, somebody's got to make that decision, and there's going to be maybe a little bit less than half over here that that's a popular decision, and maybe about half over here supports it. And so um, the elders really have to have the courage to make decisions and then, and then stand by them and, and you know, put their arm around people and say, you know, this is why we're doing it. I know in this instance it maybe doesn't make a whole lot of sense to you, but you know, trust us. Stick with us. It's going gonna, it's gonna to become clear. Okay? Um, the next one is out front. Um, and this, he really, Deaver really talked a lot about how an elder is really is, is an example. To all of us, it's not necessarily that they have to, you know, put their hand down and say, "No, this is what we're doing." Just by wa watching what they do in daily life, and, and in the body, they're they're an example to us, and 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 that's um, one of the big roles they serve. Um, and and what Deaver says specifically here is, elders are called to follow Christ's example, and and be a be a a mirror of Him to those of us in the congregation, okay? Um, this is something we talked about a little bit ago, I think that Roy had mentioned, you know, the supply portion. is Somebody's got to gotta direct and point and say, hey, these are ministries we want to be involved in. You know, we'd love to see you guys do this. Um, maybe you guys get over there and do that. They, they keep things kind of moving. They keep people on task, so to speak. But I think a bigger part of that is ahead of time, they as a group probably have to sit down and pray and say, hey, what, what areas are we going to be involved in? You know, we can't, we can't do everything. And so, where do we see God really leading uh, this body to be involved? And then try to rally the troops and get them to those places. Um, so an example that, uh, that Deaver gave is, you know, in Luke 9, Jesus sends the apostles out to, to go and, you know, heal and, and whatnot. And, and really it kind of failed. In verse 40, um, you know, they came back and they, they were, there was the example of the man who came and said, the apostles tried to cast the demon out and, and it didn't work. And so they failed. And so Christ had to get involved and, 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 and pick up the slack and, and, and kind of, I won't say chew them out, but, but kind of say, you know, you know you, you, you got to have faith. And so then in the next chapter, then he sends out the 72. So we failed with a few. We, we, we biggered it and sent them out. And that was a great success. They came back and, and, and uh, had nothing but good things to say. Um, in fact, I'm going to read that just so you don't think I'm making it up. Okay, so that's Luke chapter 10, verse 23. Then to the disciples, he said privately, Blessed are the eyes that see what you see, for I tell you that many prophets and kings desired to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not see it. Um, and did not hear it, I should say. Um, so it's just just before that 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 you know the seventy two had come back and just you know proclaimed you know 
the path has been laid for you. So um, that was kind of a cool example, I thought. Um, so, so lastly, probably the most distinctly Christian type of leadership is, is just serving. You know, the leaders oftentimes are called to, to kind of get in there and get their hands dirty and, 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 um, and serve the body. And so again, um, this is an example where I actually thought ahead. And I put the, the verse uh, in the PowerPoint. So let's read that together, okay? So I exalt the elders among you as a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, as well as a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed. Shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, but not under compulsion, but willingly as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly, not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. And so I thought that was a passage, and again, Deaverhood put it in there. I didn't go find it myself. But that was a good example of, of really um, the calling to the elders that, that take on that role. And so, um, thank you. All right. So the last uh, attribute that Deaver talked about is the relationship of church leadership and God's nature. And so um, Deaver sh- shares a story that I'll, I'll relate here about a complaining friend. And his friend, he was having coffee with him, and his friend was, was mad. He had just gotten a new tax or some assessment or something. He was just like, mm, those, those leaders, you know, mm, mm, mm. And, and Deaver said, so are you mad about the about the the tax, is there any authority that's good? And the friend had come back and said, no. No authority is good. And, and I think that just gives a window into maybe our spirit without the Holy Spirit in there. Nobody wants to be bossed around. Nobody wants to be told what to do. And so um, that's just not the, the, the character. Not that God is wanting us to be bossed around, but, but God has given us an example. Um, of, of authority, and that's, that's part of his character. So I'll read this quote from Deaver, page 223. A world without authority would, like, would be like desires with no restraints, a car with no controls, an intersection with no traffic lights, a game with no rules, and a home with no parents. Okay? Um, I'm going to read Ephesians 3, 14 and 15. This is from the ESV, by the way. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with the fullness of God. So at the very beginning there, we have the example of, of you know, bowing our knees before the Father. He's an authority over us. And so it's, 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 it's the example we've been given, and it's part of God's character that um, there's always authority. And, and we need to, to um, place ourselves under that authority. And so that's an example that's been given to us. Okay, And so I'm going to read this last quote from Deaver's book. This is a tremendous call that God gives us to recognize and respect godly authority in the church. This is a sign of a healthy church and of healthy Christians. This is our call. This is our privilege. And there is a world that needs to see people made in the image of God living out that image in his way. 
Let's pray that we can do that together in our churches for our church's health and for God's glory. So, that, th- those were the, the, the things that stuck out to me. There's a lot more in there. I had to pick and choose and just grab a few things. Uh, and so I'd encourage you, uh, read the chapter for yourself. But uh, thank you. Any, any questions? Anything anybody wanted to say? All right. That's it, Anne. Thank you.